0: This episode is brought to you by Hot Dish Productions, an award winning modern culinary production company. Learn more at hotdishproductions.com.
1: Welcome to Processing, a show about the intersection of food and grief with your hosts, me, Zara Tangora, and me,
2: Bobby Conforto.
1: Hey, mom, we're hey, sitting Zara. next to each other in another. What well, feels like almost unprecedented, side-by-side, side, breathing right into each other's faces episode. Yes. Um, I can feel your hot breath next to me. Um, so today we are welcoming to the show an inc- I mean, I always say, like, an incredible guest. All our guests are incredible. Africa Yoon, who is our guest today, uh, has written a book called The Korean, which is coming out in November. Pre-order begins later this month in June. But what a just lively... And, you know, Africa talks about in the episode how eating kimchi makes her feel alive. And I think it was... An electric. An electric. She is that. She is such an electric person. Such an incredible person. So full of life and love and And energy. energy. And she's funny and charismatic and and just such a... You know, we record these things um, in the early... Like, late morning on Fridays. And... You know, I actually had been feeling just, I'm going away tomorrow, I'm feeling a little stressed, I have some, like, some different sadnesses going on, and meeting with Africa this morning was such a game changer for me in terms of my attitude, how I was just feeling towards the day. Like, her energy was really just so palpable and so beautiful, and, he- and I found it to be quite healing.
2: And she, rep- she really represents the world, yeah. That's what it felt like.
1: Yeah, she's a, I mean, she felt like a world she's someone situation. with a lot of experience uh, with all kinds of different cultures, as you guys will find, come to find out why mm-hmm. that is. And uh, yeah, it was just really like, it just felt like a really special, uh-huh. very unique episode with a very special and unique human being. Absolutely. Really loved it. Yeah, really just a wonderful 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 show so yeah as you guys will hear africa comes on to talk about uh, her her upcoming book the crane and her experiences with kind of discovering korean culture and cuisine and how it really helped reinvent her as a person and and her life and take her to all these kind of unexpected places and uh yeah what a what a wonderful uh hour to spend and we hope that you enjoy it and bobby yeah how did how did you feel about our talk with africa
2: it was wonderful. As I said, I felt like we included the world in terms of cuisine, but also humanity. Mm. And that's what it felt like. To yeah, me. it was really beautiful.
1: Um, okay, well, please, without further ado, enjoy our conversation with Africa. And uh, as always, folks, if it's if you have some extra time, please rate, review, subscribe to the show. It helps um, other people like learn about the show. It helps build the show's visibility. And we want everyone to be able to hear our conversations with guests, uh, like our wonderful guests, such as Africa and all our other wonderful guests. So, yeah, please enjoy this episode. And uh, if you are in um, any kind of a funk or a bad mood before, you will not be after this mm-hmm. after this hour. Okay. Love you guys. Love Bye. You. Bye. hi we are being joined by author uh, Africa Yoon today and Africa you are joining us very early
3: as we were just chatting up before the show from Hawaii right yes I am Aloha Anyongeo good morning also <laughs> <laughs> awesome. good morning
1: um so Africa you have just written a new book which we were just chatting also before the show is going to go on pre-order later this month but it comes out in November and it's called the Korean and your story about how you came to write this book and your love affair with Korean food and culture is just like so interesting. And I can't wait to kind of get into that because it really touches so much on what we talk about here about food and grief. But, um, in reading, uh, about you and some essays that you had written, um, I know that you, your dad was a a diplomat for the UN, correct? From Cameroon.
3: Yes. I came to the, well, thank you for having me on. And, um, uh, yes, I came to the United States when I was about six years old, and my father was appointed ambassador of the United Nations for uh, my birth country, which is Cameroon.
1: Amazing! Wow, such an interesting experience. Actually, I had known, like through a friend of a friend, got the opportunity to go into the UN maybe like a year and a half ago, oh, two you did? years ago.
3: At that point. Oh,
1: it was yeah, very I did. fun. It was incredible. I mean, we got to go like to all like the very back. Like, this is the room that like no one ever goes in. Except oh yeah, to- you
3: got the good tour. You got the good tour. Wow. Yeah, really an interesting Yeah, place. that's and like it, my, it's it's so funny because you know, everybody has the, has the United Nations, but like, we, my brother and I used to play, like, slip and slide in our socks at the United Nations, You know, like, run and slide. Like, cause the floors are all, like, marbles, like, perfect for sliding. <laughs> so when I, when I go to the UN, I have this completely different experience. And I know, because when I bring people to the UN, they're like, oh, we're at the UN. And then, like, but I realize that, for me, it's just a place that feels like home.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's, you know, when we're kids, like, we don't realize that whatever situation... I always think about this with, you know, kids who maybe grow up as royalty or kids who grew up with celebrities as parents or kids who grow up in, in in poverty, honestly. Like, wherever you grow up, whatever your kind of upbringing is, is very normal and familiar to you. And other people, like, are just like, wow, I can't believe, you know, you grew up playing slip and slide at the UN or I can't believe you grew up in, you know, uh, a home where there was... T- 10 people living in the same. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I so mean even sure. me,
3: I didn't even realize. I mean, I grew up around all these cultures um, mm-hmm. since I'm just like a little kid. And even like celebrities that come to the United Nations, which celebrities have come to the United Nations for many, many, many years. Um, and even celebrities, I mean, I thought like uh, ambassadors and celebrities, all that, I thought it was like the same thing, you know, right. growing up, because I just thought, you know, if you are, you know, if you are known for whatever reason, you use who you are to make a difference in the world, right? So for me, like a president or a celebrity or a UN staff, like it was just all the same thing because they came together to make a difference in the world and... And, uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes, but let me, I'll tell you a little story to go off, but at one point I wanted to experience American school and my mother put me in American school and I would like tell the, say to the kids, like what I was going to do, like, oh, you know, I'm not coming I'm not coming to school next week because guess what? I have to go to the General Assembly because it's world. Do you know what I mean? And this one is speaking and that one is speaking. And they'd be like, yeah, right. I was like, what? Like, what? Like, I always think I should have a sitcom about me like going to like American school because like they didn't believe anything. I was like, oh, I have to go to Paris next week because they'd be like, yeah,
2: right. I was like, no. Amazing. I was like, no, it's, uh, that's really happening next week. <laughs> okay. What cultures influenced you? What were the cultures of your childhood that influenced you? Well,
3: you, um, you know, I, I, I really just about saw every culture. Um, but I did, I was very fascinated with cultures that were so different. You know, I always say my mother was my first agent because when you're a child at the United Nations when you have your national day, you greet everybody in an event. And my father was a very dynamic man, Paul Bamela Engo, a great diplomat. And he was very good about knowing all the countries um, and being very cool. Like, he was cool. You know what I mean? You know how Barack Obama is, like, cool? My dad yeah. was, like, the African cool and was very friendly with everyone from, like, on the Kennedy side. But then he knew, like, the Asian ambassador. He was very dynamic man and speaking. So I didn't really favor any, um, culture in particular, but I did get very interested in food from all of Asia, you know, East and South. I was very interested in, in the food and I liked the taste. I tasted kimchi first time when I'm six years old. Um, and i th- i thought it was a spicy salad is what i thought it was but i said <laughs> oh this spicy salad is good like i liked it because we eat pepper in my in my country and kimchi has you know spice and i liked it very much <laughs> that's
1: amazing so you can say i, I love mean- korean
3: culture from from the very beginning because um, my mother was very good i mean when we were 6 years old we ate my mother had a conference she was going in korea and my mother took away our our knife and fork and gave us chopsticks. And not like wow. my kids. My kids have these fancy training chopsticks. But my mom, <laughs> my mom just gave us two sticks and was like, "We're gonna learn how to use these today." And I was like, "Okay, yeah." Food. Except we were eating African food like fufu, chicken, right. uh, not delicate foods not foods from japan not we're eating african right. food with chopsticks so you try to pick up a big chicken with a chopstick you tell me how that goes so
1: that's what you have to use the stabbing yeah, method
3: yeah, well we can't use the stabbing method because culturally that means a whole thing see there that's how you're, in right. Right. Oh, you're right. Right. like yeah. you never want to stick your chop- food into the chopsticks you never want to put your chopsticks into the bowl because that's symbolizing oh your favorite topic the the dead. So you don't want to put your chopsticks oh, really? in, yeah, inside the bowl. So these are things that I was.
2: Well, that's more say well, that again. You don't want
3: to put your chopsticks inside the bowl. Right. You know, yeah. because that's, that's yeah. symbolizing right. like food of the dead. So these are little things that wow. I grew up with knowing. And I think it's why oh, I, I think having culture is, is why I, you know, get along with people. I don't always get along with everybody. Um, but for sure. the, the, the most part, I get along with people because I'm like, uh, quite aware of all of the things that mean something, which can make us, yeah, you sure. know, get along or not get along and, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. And also, you know, I mean, being in New York city, aside from just being like, experiencing life at the at the UN and like being privy to many cultures I mean just being in New York City too Mm -hmm. is such a wonderful way to grow up and have so much exposure to so many different humans and all like I mean I have lived in New York I grew up in Long Island but I've lived in New York for I don't know 20 years after that almost 18 years and it still never ceases to amaze me just like how lucky I feel when I walk down like you know any given city block and like how things change and how many pe- different people are. And that's a real, to me, it always just felt like a real privilege because you go, you go to other places in the country and the world and it's not like that. And oh, yeah. that's, that's very strange, you know?
3: Yeah. I mean, my husband grew up in uh, was grew up in Illinois and his experience is totally different than mine. You know? So it's like, I knew more Korean people growing up than my husband did and he's Korean. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. That's very wild. I had more. So, oh, wow.
1: I was really just so interested about, I mean, so much of your story, but uh, in, you know, reading about you and learning about how you came to uh, be so interested in, and then and have Korean culture be so, and food be so part of your life. I think the story of how that came to be is so fascinating. Could you
3: just share with us a little bit more about how that happened? Yes, my Brooklyn. My Brooklyn friends, and I'm like, you know, I'm an old New Yorker, so I'm like, yeah, Brooklyn, 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 I love it. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like you guys are like me and my mother in this weird way. Like, I see your tattoos, girl, me too. Oh, and then- yes, I
1: have a whole sleeve coming up here. Lots of different Me too. United
3: Nations, you know. Oh, yeah! Amazing.
2: That's so awesome. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And then your mom is like, your mom is like giving me my mom vibes. A shirt, the collar pops. Go Google my mother, and you'll see how she, how she pops her collar like you exactly. Oh, how interesting! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling some. Um, Oh, that's
2: nice. (laughs) That's
3: awesome. Well, so I, you know, after all my culturing and everything and all the things that I know and all my well manneredness, I was, I followed in my parents' footsteps and I was an activist and I was working a lot. And as I got older, trying to navigate how to do that in my way, I was very interested in entertainment and also interested in activism and I was melting the two and I was stopping my sport and I found out that I was, uh, had gained 120 pounds in like a five year span. Yes, it was even surprising to me. Even though some people had been noticing, but I it was even surprising to me. And my mother had a Korean friend, and she once she had been unwell. This is before my mother left the UN. She had been going to this um, little strip mall, um, and where there was this little Korean shop, and she was getting some like healing whatever treatments. Anyway, so as I was trying myself, I, I wanted to get married and I wanted to have children. And I myself was looking for some healing. So I was looking for that place and I fell upon this. Um, uh, this is where H Mart, which is the largest Asian grocery store the now. Uh, the number one. The um, Love it. Yeah. So I fell upon this place. And, you know, in Korean culture, in in the grocery they give you know, like samples. You know, now in American culture, they do it too, like Costco and all those places have samples and things. But it's something that is very prominent in uh, the Korean grocery store. So this lady was giving samples of this bread. Let me tell you about this bread, girl. (laughs) This bread is filled with cream in the middle. Buttercream pang. Pang means bread, right? So it's bread with a whole bunch of cream in it. So she's cutting the sample. You know, Koreans always cutting with the scissors. She's cutting the sample. Uh-huh. I'm eating it. And I don't look anything like any UN daughter at all.
2: <laughs>
3: oh my God, the bread, the
2: bread, the bread. This is amazing. Yeah, this bread was good. Yum.
3: Okay, so here she is eating uh- the bread. All of a sudden I hear something. You're too fat. I said, i I'm gonna be from the UN, honey. But I can throw down. Okay? I'm African American. We don't take that. Okay? I turn around and what do I find? A little old lady. So of course, UN snaps back, like, uh, elder. Must must right. act respectful. Even though she's like yeah. dogging me. Like, I'm like, lady. That's a very brazen thing to just say to a stranger. I'm giving my best UN. I'm like, okay, yes, that hurt. (laughs) So she tells me you're too fat. So I said, oh, I said, well, since I know how to talk to people, I said, since you know what I should be eating or not eating, what do you think I should eat? And she was like, Korean food. And she and I struck up a friendship that lasted about, you know, a year and I lost 110 pounds. Yeah, that's That's the the, the basis of the, you know, the Korean book is this woman sharing her culture. And listen, she was, she was very funny. (laughs) She was a very funny lady because you know, like I I started losing weight and you know, for me, I was like, okay, I lost weight. I was like, look at me. Good, like I started coming back. I was like, "Yeah, look at me. I look good. I lost ten pounds." Okay, so I would go and be like, ta da, what do you think, lady?" And she'd be like, yeah. "Still too fat, too fat." <laughs> oh, like, okay, okay, okay. So that's amazing. That's how, amazing. Sh- that's so, how you know, Korean I- culture entered my life. It's Not, I had not never had Korean food, but I had certainly not yeah. had it in my uh, in my fridge. Um, and I certainly didn't go grocery shopping for it, but I had eaten it out. Um, and I did like it, I guess enough. I had enough of a palate taste for it, um, for it. And also I'm international for me to, uh, receive all of the cultural information that she was passing on to me so kindly.
2: Go ahead, Bobby. So what was the philosophy in a way? What's the philosophy of Korean food that makes it a healthy food? Well, this is
3: where um, your show is actually perfect to talk about my book, even though it doesn't seem like it's perfect to talk about my book. It actually is quite perfect because Korean food, it's all about balance, mixing and balance and nature. And so what I know now that I didn't know then because I was just, in a, at the a beginning in, in a weight loss thing is that she was really showing me about the balance of nature. You know, um, She never said no anything. She always was, she was giving me greens. She was giving me wide variety of foods. Um, she was giving me tea. She was giving me, she was just giving me everything from the store that I guess she was thinking was going to be making me uh, well and balanced. And it, it wasn't too too hard because I was so incredibly out of balance. One might even say I was in the yeah. process of dying, right? Like my body was in a, and, and I didn't go to the doctor at that time because maybe I didn't want to know. But you know, this like yeah. cycle, right? I might, and, and I you could almost say I was dying. And perhaps if I had gone to the doctor at that time, somebody might've started to tell me about the risks that the amount of weight that I had, um, gained was going to have an effect, right?
1: Right. This could Can I just ask you a question for a second, which I think is interesting. I don't want to miss the opportunity to ask this. Yeah. Which is that, you know, I guess when I'm, when I hear you say that your body was out of balance Mm -hmm. to the, to the extreme where you felt like you're almost dying, you know, how did you get there? Like, how did you get out of balance in that way? Was that a direct response to another kind of grief? Or was it just like, you know, I'm just curious to know how you became unbalanced. I think that, that I think that, I think
3: I, yeah, I definitely have a cycles and thoughts about death of self and rebirth of self a, a, a lot in, in my life. Um, and, um, you know, if you think about, um, how I was brought up. I was this very structured upbringing and a definite path, right? It's like, I wasn't like, what am I going to do? Like, I, I knew, even when I didn't, If even if I wouldn't know what to do, I certainly had things to do, right? We do this and this and this and this and this. Even if it's just, we do charity, we do this, we volunteer. I, I'm quite, quite busy, like, not, like, wondering what to do in the day. So... Then when I started to um, do that, that that I don't believe was where what I was supposed to do. Even though I helped a lot of people, even though I enjoyed it, even though I love to give, that was not where I was supposed to go. But it is where I was supposed to go because it was gonna lead me. And I believe that I went that path so off of who I was. I mean, f- three varsity sports, every dance class. I was a skinny little thing. I never had, weight was not a thing. Before Ambassador, my right. father was an Olympian. So, like, if you look right. at my brother, the kid never had a drop of fat in his life, you know? Um, But I was off course. But I wasn't off course for a bad reason. I was off course For me to understand what people are going through. Um, I was off course so that I could learn. So God had a plan for me to learn and understand. Because I would have never been able to tell you what does it feel like to be fat. I would have never been able to tell you what does somebody go through that is so depressed. I mean, I was so depressed. My God. Just thinking about depression, I can cry. The deep depression that I had. Oh, yeah. Um, I would have never known it. Um, because I never, uh, even with whatever issues that I would have, busy father or whatever. Oh, busy father. Yes, busy father syndrome. Um, I never could have told you that kind of, like, despair. I could have told you about it because of my work. I could have, I've, met this one has been depressed and this one has been in trouble this one has died i've seen death close i've seen somebody in the village hungry i've seen it all i've seen it all but i didn't i haven't like i didn't have it on my person so right. i
2: had you know, to I'm thinking, I'm thinking about that word disease you know I, i'm sure you've heard people say disease. yeah Oh, and I a was not. that's perfect description of what you're saying.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: You had
2: dis-ease of your soul yeah. and it, it brought on dis- disease. Yeah. Right. And on
3: the... On the... On the road right i mean like i said if i had gone to a doctor at that time they would probably be like you know you're at risk of diabetes you know you gotta get the the whole speech hello good morning you are at risk of diabetes heart disease (laughs) you might die you might not die but if you keep eating that you're gonna die right Which gives anxiety. I'm so glad I didn't go to the doctor at that time. I probably would have had a whole bunch of anxiety. And I may not have been very good at losing weight. I kind of luckily, like, thank goodness for the Korean grandmother who came and told it to me in a harsh way.
1: Yeah, you made your way to this other way of kind of taking back some kind of a different kind of control in your life. You know, I think that, like, sometimes um, any way in which we mistreat our bodies or maybe ignore the balance of our system is a direct response to wanting to balance out control in some way, you know? And I think like the way you're describing your upbringing of having like, you know, it's a wonderful upbringing in many ways, but it's also very like tightly controlled. controlled, Right. So it seems natural that you would have wanted to have, there would have been some kind of shift in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting what you're saying about you, you know, having to go through depression and having to go through all those things in, in terms of being able to come out having a better understanding. Well, I went other to people. therapy as well. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Ernest, there's an Ernest Hemingway quote that I love always. That's he's, I'm going to paraphrase, but I think it's almost exactly that. He says life breaks every, uh, the world breaks everyone. And often most are stronger at the broken places.
3: Yeah. Oh, I love the broken places now. Let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah. No, I really love it. I really love it. And now I recognize it uh, so sharply. Like, I'm I'm just like, like in a movie, like whenever something happens to me, I'm like, oh, cause you're awesome and you're going to help people. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you like God's letting you know, how does somebody like really feel? Um, because sometimes when you're in a professional position of helping people, um, and I think this is a problem kind of, I don't like talk about problems, but it's problematic in the world right now because there's like so many gurus helping everybody. Right. Most of the time, a lot of the gurus are going, figuring it out themselves and, and teaching you, uh, you know, like they, they, nobody, I mean, that school isn't everything, but like, you know, so, you know, people are like, uh, they go to India and then they're like, and they're like, I'm a guru. It's like, Oh, the one, the one trip to India, (laughs) I don't know if you're a guru (laughs) yet, but okay. Um, (laughs) so, but the perspective, like, you know, even somebody that's a trainer that has been fit all their life doesn't really understand all the struggles. Even now I've lost weight and you know, then, and then I went through struggles as a mother. Now this, when I, postpartum, I also had illness. And then I started to gain weight again. Um, this time, not because I wasn't doing the right thing. This time medicine, this time thyroid uh, issue that I had postpartum thyroiditis. And so even that then, thank god for it because now i even understand more because my only perspective was that you could eat bad and then get gain weight now i have another perspective that somebody can get sick somebody can be told don't work out you know like so that can affect all the things of that they're getting healthy so like thank god too cuz then i would only be talking to people from the perspective of uh well come on get up you're you lazy you didn't, you didn't do the workout. You didn't eat the right food. It's like, oh, but how about you're sick and you, this is all you can eat or get yourself to eat or you don't have support or, you know, your thyroid is off and, oh, your medicine is making oh, you sick.
2: Tenderizer. Huh? You are tenderized. Yeah. yeah so, yes, yeah, So well, I love tenderized. You, you develop deep compassion. Oh, tenderized.
3: Girl, I like that. Yeah. I love, it. mommy. <laughs> you teaching me? Yes, tenderize. I might, if I say it in another interview, don't get mad at me. I'm gonna have to credit you. Like, I t- <laughs> no,
1: it's yours. You can do that. Yeah, tenderize.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Black people, we love words like that. Tenderize. Yes, we love it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's a good Bobbyism for yeah. sure. So, what are some of the foods? Tell us more about what your Korean grandmother taught you about cooking What kind of food is it? Well, I always
3: say, like, at that time, she was giving me Korean ingredients more than Korean food, mm-hmm. and I was sort of fumbling through. I mean, if you go to H Mart, okay, there's like five, six, seven, eight different kind of mushrooms. I mean, I ate mushrooms, oh, but yeah, like, wow, dried mushrooms. I mean, one time I bought mushrooms for $200, dried mushrooms. I was like, I can't believe. <laughs> No, I mean, thank God everything else is so well-priced, but there's some golden mushroom you could buy over there to eat. Oh, yeah. I was like, I just spent 200 Mm -hmm. dollars on some mushrooms. Oh, my gosh. But then how long did those mushrooms last? Forever and ever. And how delicious, when I added them to water, did they become? Delicious. Delicious. Um, So, I mean, I'll tell you, like, three uh, three, – because that time I became even vegan – Except except my only, like, vegan, uh, like, maybe you weren't quite vegan, is kimchi because it has some fish inside. Right. Um, but kimchi. Kimchi. Oh, kimchi. So kimchi delicious. is so electric. Like, I feel so
2: alive. Like, That's a great way of it. It's electric.
3: Like, when I eat kimchi, like, I feel it everywhere. I feel it in my nose. Like, I feel so alive. Yeah. You want to talk about, you know, mm-hmm. food. Uh, I'm so passionate about it. Um food should make you feel alive. Um mm-hmm. yes. and anytime that you don't feel alive like that, you might be t- as well be dead. You should be feeling so alive uh, all the time. And I know, I don't want to put the thing that like, oh, you should feel good all the time. Like, you know, you could have a bad day. It's not about that. But even in my bad day, I feel alive and food is part of that aliveness. And, um, in terms of knowing that, it, like, yes, I went from a state of not being in health to starting to eat Korean foods. I ate kimchi all the time. She told me eat a little kimchi in the morning and a little kimchi in the afternoon. She told me eat a little, right? You know, the plate is like this big.
2: Yeah. That's small. Look
3: how much kimchi I ate. What? <laughs> I was like, damn. I was like. <laughs> so and it's
1: so good imagine eating.
2: that kimchi is a ritual i imagine that it's a, I've, I've never made it and i actually haven't eaten much of it in my oh. life could you tell our listeners more about exactly what it is and the ritual of making it okay
3: so kimchi is you have manapa cabbage okay i'll, I'll walk you through a fast make a kimchi okay, okay. so you have manapa cabbage okay so then you slip the bottom part okay because it's kind of strong on the bottom and then it goes like this. Not like the round American cabbage. It's like more mm. long, right? So you make some slits on the bottom and with your hands, you tear them apart. Okay? Then you also tear them again. So you have four pieces now, right? One, two, three, four. Teared apart. Oh, when you when you tear it with your hands, <laughs> <laughs> the sound. Oh my god, I love kimchi. What a better way to cook than to rip something apart Ooh, with your hands, you girl? Like There's no part. cut it with a knife. It's no. tear it apart. Love it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So then you salt you you salt that and leave it, and you turn it and you turn it and you turn it. I have a video game actually called Korean Cooking Friends coming out that you guys have to play, oh my god, that's awesome. and you can make Korean. You can make kimchi in the game, that so is you so can cool. experience that. Um, but so you reap it apart. And then now you're chopping different vegetables. Carrots and all different raw vegetables. Um, and we won't go through it all because we're gonna go go, we don't gonna be here all day. But carrots and different vegetables, raw radish, etc. And then you're making a porridge, right? It's like a you make a porridge, and then you're putting pepper into that porridge. So now you have like a red pepper porridge and then you have another mix of ginger garlic that has been uh, blended up to make kind of like a little gingery garlicky oniony sauce so the porridge with the with the red pepper the gingery garlicky thing and then the raw vegetables are mixed so now you have this like red porridgey mix of thing and then that porridge is now spread onto the leaves right which you wash that salt off and now the the leaves are a bit floppy, and then you're lifting each leaf. You're putting paste each leaf. You're putting paste each leaf. You're putting paste. Then you roll that up, and then you're putting that into something which is airtight, and it stays on your counter for four days, and oh. yeah, and then um, and then four days after it goes in the fridge, and you know you shouldn't open it. You should just leave it. Even if you feel yeah. like you messed up, just leave it. The airtight <laughs> is the thing. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I love kimchi, also, and I agree when you were saying that it's electric. It's such a wonderful way of describing it because it really does feel like that kind of like the minute you crunch into it, and it's just like a burst of of uh, vitality. It's a beautiful. It's but, a beautiful I've heard from Korean friends about their grandmothers who used to bury the kimchi. In the backyard. Yeah,
3: and then Ongi. I wish I, had, I have I, I actually have one, but now to, after the setup of the Korean over here, I don't wanna move because he's gonna, he got the camera <laughs> over here, he's got this over here. Um, but yeah, God, yeah. it's
1: amazing. Mm-hmm. So,
3: it's so good. I, it's and it's so, so many lessons about life, you know? And you know, if you talk about like, there's so many psycho, I mean, it's like, I live in Hawaii, I was born in Africa, like, thank God I'm back, like, in nature. Because you see death all the time. You know what I mean? The only de- the only death you see sometimes, sometimes in city, you don't get to see the process of life. So death Ooh. is shocking. It's like a shock. Yes. It's like only death you hear about, I mean, besides your own personal death, which sometimes you're not even close to that because you've moved far away from wherever you came from to come to New York City or wherever you... Where you whatever you, whatever you left that you felt you didn't want to be part of to come to New York City, and so then what do you hear? Where do you hear about death on the news? Right. Where do you hear? So that's like not fun death, you know. It's like oh, a man oh, was yeah. shot and stabbed seven times. Oh, it's S- violent death. C- I mean- CNN reports. You're like oh, yeah. I don't want that to happen to me. And god forbid they <laughs> look like you in the story. You're like oh, sure. I can happen sure. to me you know you're like yeah. holding that and then the other death that you you are uh, experiencing every all the time is the death of your vegetables which you don't seem to be able to make last from monday to friday uh, or or you don't seem to get to eat them and then what do you find a bunch of dead vegetables in your fridge you're like Ah, I didn't I was gonna make that salad. I didn't make it, I went to eat out instead. Now they're dead and rotten in my fridge. I've wasted money. It's just like the death of like your food. You know what I mean? So that's a very
1: interesting way of putting it. Yeah, I mean mean, whereas
3: people that are in a natural environment and a lot of the processes that we experience of things that may last a little bit longer, you know, people say, How do you make your vegetables last longer? I said, Eat, eat them. And then they'll be inside you and you'll last That's a longer. very good point. grow them. Yeah, or grow them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or grow them. Right, there you go. So there's grow them, right? So then they will be outside and you'd only pick them at the time and the quality and the feeling and the vibration from them when you're growing them is going to be one way. You know, and then you have people like Korean culture now preserving. You know, kimchi ain't going bad. I had kimchi. Yeah. I, listen, and kimchi is really like the best to think about your life, okay? Like, I learned so many things from kimchi. Like, okay, so you make it, it's four days on the counter, and you pop it in the fridge, you eat it, and if you take care of it, kimchi gonna last. You can make, kimchi can stay for a long time. Then what happens to yes. kimchi after a long while? It became becomes a bit sour, right? But do the Koreans say... it's so sour I'm gonna throw it out no they make kimchi chige, which is a stew no they make kimchi fried rice with it and that sour is the best that aging of the kimchi is the best so now you start to like aging right you're like oh the better the older the sour the this the that it's not exactly the smell everything about it you start to be like yes Aging is not so bad and there's a way to preserve and, and, and continue. Is it
2: a metaphor for aging, for liking aging? Mm -hmm.
3: I think so. I think so. Because uh, even if you start to like something as it becomes older and changes, maybe you're going to start to like yourself a little bit more too. right. By osmosis. Um, You know, like I see death all the time. First of all, cats are out uh, living. I've seen cats out there. I see chickens every day. I've seen dead... I see mm-hmm. de- cats die all the time here, like, wh- with, yeah. you know, cars or whatever else is going through. I see dead birds when I go running. I see death much more yeah. than uh, ever before. I see worms. Right. I see ants. I see... You know I mean? Sometimes I'm killing something. Sometimes I'm trying to bring it outside. Yeah. I mean, like, more. I'm trying to, like, huh ants. Yo, ants need to give me a humanitarian prize for the treatment of their... <laughs> Lives okay, <laughs> forget any humanitarian award right. I ever worn in my life. Ants gotta get it together and give me an Oscar for trying to free them back outside. that's we, hilarious. You know what I yeah. mean? It, it's an interesting thing you're saying though about seeing death so much and food. You know what I mean? It's like eating, and when does something is something it's time to eat it? It's waiting, it's all of these things that like. Nature makes you much less, you see, seeing death and, 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 and trees. And they, like in Hawaii, it's like my tree right here is flowers, then they die, then they come back, like more than in other places when there's just waiting for spring. Here it happens continuously. It's just they die, they come back, they die, they come back. My kids know it, they die, they come back. So even my kids and I, we talk about death much, much, much more, like it's it's less shocking. And even any anxieties that may remain, I'm much more aware of like the cycle of life uh, that is happening. And so even in grief, thinking about grief and your own life and your own death, it helps you um, to, to know that you're like, you're eating something. This thing came from the tree. It had its own death. is giving you a thing. Is going through you. You go in this. So like food and grief and life and just nature is all the time.
1: Yeah, part
2: of the life cycle. this
3: one moment,
2: like, I'm going to die. Because
1: ah, I was totally. very well, it Totally. Well, it helps, I think, have more of an acceptance of like the whole picture of a life cycle in general. And Africa, I wanted to touch on something that you had mentioned in, you know, kind of your pre-interview too, is that you had another you know, you had a very significant experience with grief in your own life through yeah. a loss of, of a child. What, is it? Yeah. Is I have a lot of, of
3: twins in my family, boy, girl, twins. Yeah. So I had boy, girl, twins, first pregnancy, yeah. something that I yeah. talk about in the Korean book. Um, I had twins the first time I had twins the second time as well. Uh-huh. And had I not been advanced maternal age, I may not even have known that I lost my child. It's just that I was in advanced maternal age, and you going in a bit earlier to be checked out. Um, that they saw that I was having two, and then by the time they went to check, um, the, this, there was the one heart, there was one heartbeat, and then the other heartbeat. And from this balanced place, I can even talk to you. But I didn't realize I was going to affect me like as it did. I was like, oh, oh. I kept thinking like, Oh no, no, it's just keep checking. Why don't you? And I didn't even realize I was going to be reacting like that. I like, I think I had a mother friend that went through it and she actually handled it quite well. She was like, Oh, thank God one survived. And I was like, Oh, I think that's how I would be. I'm so positive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, that, that wasn't the case. And then I realized how much the human mind can compartmentalize because what I didn't want to do was have uh, my daughter have a bad time in the womb. And I was very aware that I would be, she would be feeling everything that happened. In eating food that is electric and vibrant, I feel my body as I eat. Even now, I mean, I feel water go down me. I'm acutely aware of inside my body now. Like, like ever before, sometimes it's a little loud. I'm like, ah, why do I have to feel it when it goes, like, you know, I tell my husband, I'm like, ah, sometimes I'm too awake. I just wanna, I don't wanna know about like my, like that it's hit my left side of my stomach. Like, why do I still feel the water? Like I'm too aware. So so I was acutely aware because of how I had been eating and eating Korean food that electrifies my body. I feel my body, um, from that food, very alive. And so I was acutely aware that my child would also feel everything. So I made a decision that I was not going to mourn anymore for this pregnancy. Um, some you could say I did well, or you could say I didn't do it so well. But I certainly. Well, I, think you,
2: I, I think
1: that judgment isn't necessary. Uh, yeah, you
3: just did what You know, what I was you needed dance, to do. I tried to dance, but then like everything that I yeah. I knew I had learned how to do from that grandmother at time, everything that I had done, you know, like with my first pregnancy with two with twins, I couldn't do because then they were like, oh, the placenta the light, don't work out, don't go crazy, and I was like, ah, don't work out. Uh, that's my. I, I've been doing that now for 10 years I lost 110 pounds that's that's mm-hmm. what I do that's totally. how I, that's a
2: difficult that's thing how I feel do.
3: good uh, like this well, is my thing you things. found different
2: ways of healing
3: yeah so, so then I was like uh what am I gonna do like I was like I, I was like I had to like manage that feeling too. Like, oh my gosh, so I can't go for like a, a run. Like, I can't lift. I can't squat. I was like, squats. Gotta do some squats. They were like, no squats. I was like, okay. Oh. No squats. Okay. Um, I'll meditate. Okay. I'll keep meditating. But like, I definitely like when you eat the food that I eat, you get, uh, when you eat, uh, you know, canip and persimmon and and kimchi and and you know, this is food that makes you yeah. feel like here I, I'm look, look I, yeah, feel. Exactly. I am at five a.m. Look like how I look. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm not like uh, I'm like hey. Yeah. So totally. Like, what do you do with the like hey? You know what I mean? Like my food is that like energy. hey, well, well, hey, how you doing? Um, so I was like, okay, this is weird. Like it did that. That did affect me. And then Bayman came out. I was like laughing the whole pregnancy, the the whole birth. I mean, these two nurses that I had. I mean, I wish they had delivered my child. To be honest with you, the doctor. I don't know, but uh, the girls were awesome, and uh, the entire time I was laughing till Bayman came out, and then. Like she came out, and I was like, I was like, the doctor yanked my placenta out. I don't know if that should have been or not done. It, it felt wrong. I don't think she the way she it did seemed it seemed wrong. The way that she did it wasn't right. Uh, but Yanking she yanked. Never she, yeah, I her. just felt like she just like I had yeah. such a good experience, and then I just felt like she just like just the way that she, uh, I thought she should have waited hard. a minute. Like you know. Anyway, she yanked out my placenta, and I just like threw up right oh my god and at the moment i like threw up baiman was out i was like okay now what okay like now what i was thank god my mom was there all happy times but like too much was going on and now i think that was showing that, like, the way that I made some decisions and I was like, let's go to this house. Let's go to this place. Let's this. I missed my baby. It was hard. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I did. I missed the baby. I was looking for the baby. I was...
2: <laughs> Africa, that sounds like it's part of the wholeness, you know, to have felt all those feelings together and to be able to deeply feel the grief. Yeah. It's not something you can put in a compartment, no, right?
3: No, it's not, is it? Yeah. I definitely miss the baby. I, I still, I would sleep with a pillow on my belly. <laughs> I still do sometimes. I still, I still, I still have sometimes one pillow on my belly. And I, i I'm okay now i I know, but you know, like I just I don't i I still have to talk myself to understand and be okay because I understand and I even did therapy and everything, but the minute you have a kid in your stomach, that's your baby.
2: Yeah, uh, it is.
3: But that baby, that baby too, like that harsh thing, that baby too saved me, you know, like Bainan and that baby, I would have never wrote this book and I would never be in Hawaii and I would never have done, gone through all that I went through and I would never be able to talk to like mothers or anybody if it hadn't been that baby didn't come. It was meant to yeah. be, you know. I, I would never erase it ever because that I I needed actually. I thought that I was all good, but that baby br- lost like
2: cracked me like. Cracked me. Broken, broken right it open. Broke me yeah Right open, but
3: I was I was meant to be broken right open. Mm-hmm. I was I was meant to open up my heart again, and at mm-hmm. that time, mm-hmm. these Korean moms I dro- I joined the Korean mom group. Something mm-hmm. that people told me I would never be in any Korean mom group. They would never. They don't let people in their groups. All that. Like I heard it all. Yeah. I hear that all that. Even my husband. They're like, ah, oh, they never gonna. He's not gonna marry you and all that. Well, he did. He sure <laughs> did. Uh, in, a, in a hurry too they said the same thing to me about like Korean mothers but guess yeah. what this Korean moms ah uh, my book is dedicated to Korean moms
2: oh that's beautiful. these so beautiful. Korean
3: moms boy let me tell you about these girls oh my god they are the
2: best
3: they are the best, and I didn't. I didn't have friendships in a normal way because of how I grew up. So I didn't know right. like girlfriend, girlfriends. Like you know, I didn't know yeah. friendship in a certain kind of way. Um, yeah, they are teaching me about friendship, and if I never had broken like that, I would never have been vulnerable enough to be open to accept friendship like that. Because certainly people did want to be my friend. I, I'm awesome. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure spending
1: 45 minutes with you, we're already like,
3: <laughs> yeah. I hope okay, that we, you're an amazing person. Um, yeah. I am awesome. I'm, I'm yeah. a good person, right? I know that. Definitely. So like, certainly people did, but I, 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 I never really like, you know, I was a bit sabotager of like, you know, uh, relationships and also friendships because I didn't know how do you, like, I didn't know it. I, I didn't know. Like, yeah. okay. Like you were yeah. friends and then what, like, what happens? Like I yeah. go to France <laughs> in two days that's <laughs> or funny I, go back, thing that's I have funny. to go to boarding school. So I never yeah. really learned how to like be somebody's friend. And I think like I make mistakes. Like I even make mistakes now. There's even some people that don't like me now, but I, why not is because I've, I don't like, I don't, I don't, say everything right because like mm-hmm. in my upbringing like you don't say all your accomplishments because sometimes those accomplishments can s- seem like they're quite big like when you call out in the world you realize everybody didn't have lunch with the president or sit with right like, ha- you yeah, yeah. meet harry belafonte or whatever um that's pretty like okay put a you pin know, in that right there harry belafonte <laughs> yes is cool. in my book it's in the <laughs> korean book that when i met harry belafonte his smile cool. his smile yeah. is like wow wow,
2: wow. Movie well, I can't start. wait to see the book do you have pictures in the book too or no um,
3: but i yeah. think i painted a nice picture with my words oh my god absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah.
1: africa i just want to mention one thing yeah. we, you know just talking about and thank you so much yeah. By the way, for sharing that very mm-hmm. vulnerable yes. and difficult kind of part of your life and that, that memory, because I know that's not easy. And, uh, I just think it's interesting kind of putting together some of the things you told us about yourself and like, you know, especially like after you were told that your daughter, you know, wasn't going to make it to yeah. a full term and, and to be able to be born, um, and your instinct to kind of like be positive and mm-hmm. to da- and i think all of those things are wonderful but yeah. i do think it and you know in tandem with being told you can't exercise and can't move and need to be still very like very hard i don't know sometimes like the universe or whatever it is or god if you believe in god or I you do. know just gives us these messages of like you know against our will to like slow down yeah. and to like stay down to be with what is somebody asked me one time in an interview they asked me like what would something you could tell what would be a piece of advice about your own grieving process be because I've had some pretty shitty times myself and been down there pretty far yeah and I was like well I would stay down for a minute and look around and see what you find at the bottom of the ocean you know because there's some very interesting things down there there's weird glowing fish there's interesting coral there's stuff you would have never been able to see your soul Right. And like, nobody wants to necessarily be told, like, get down as far as you can go. yeah. And like, but when you're down there, yeah. if you do look around, there's very interesting stuff and you can
3: take some of it with you and pull it out at another time. Yeah, and
1: it. And and it really seems like that happened to you. Yeah.
3: I mean, where I was going with the Harry Belafonte thing and the people that don't like me, because everybody was only wants to talk about what, what is good about you, but yeah. there's some other things, which is that, What what I was getting to was like of what I learned too, even from people that don't like me, is that because of like whatever experiences that I had, um, I don't say them right right off the Mm -hmm. bat. Which for two reasons, one is that I just if you like me, you should just like me, not because of whatever, Um, and also because I don't want to like outshine people. Even though I don't think that what I went through is better than what somebody else went through, it can kind of take the room. Um, Mm -hmm. my experience can take the room. And what I learned um, there from this opening and this letting of people into friendship is that I need to learn how to, like, be myself, not, and, 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 like, I need to learn how to, like, you know, be in a regular friendship. Like, I Mm -hmm. don't know how to do it. Exactly. Because and when you're saying be on the bottom and look around, I feel like even right now, I still got to be on the bottom and look around and look at myself and really understand, like, how do I have life, like Mm. simple life? How do I how do I be in a room with my experience, not shrink myself? Uh but not feel like I have to overwhelm. It's something I'm learning even yeah. now.
2: Because it brings back I, to word balance. It brings mm-hmm. us back to balance. It's right? like okay. Yeah.
3: Like I love it when somebody doesn't like me sometimes. You know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. my husband is totally different culturally. It's just if you don't it just your husband and, is Korean, right? He has, yeah, he's never to say to you. Like, he's not gonna get, if you like yelling at him. He's not gonna like really get into it. He doesn't really like get emotionally caring. But he sometimes thinks that I talk too long to somebody that is not liking me. But that's because I'm <laughs> trying to like learn. Because I'm always yeah. trying to like learn. I feel like it's a good quality. Okay. Like you know, you know, don't talk to haters too long. But whatever, that's me. I am like what? So what now? You don't know about yeah. me? Because they usually have some that you can learn, even if they're like going through all their stuff. So like haters are just fascinating to me uh, because I think much like with the Korean grandmother, when she was yelling at me, saying, Hey, you're too fat. I could have been like, Oh, Oh really? (laughs) And fabulous or behind her was something I could learn. Absolutely. And so I think about that, yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think that the grieving and the cracking open and the eating the f- ama- amazing food led me to this group of women. And in these group of women, I was the food, they were my healing. Mm-hmm. They were a big part of my healing because. As I was he- grieving and healing and I went through, a, oh my God, anxiety. I never even realized that. Now I realize I had anxiety. Since I had uh, this horrible anxiety that came with uh, the illness and all after this, and you can read all of that in the Korean book and all that happened. But now I realize like, I did have some anxiety, like, because now what? that I know what anxiety feels like, I'm like, oh... Um, exactly, I'm anxious, ain't I? Like I'm totally. anxious. That's the funny
2: before. thing about anxiety. I remember
3: when I
1: before I even knew I definitely have anxiety. I think a lot of people do, but I before you like know what it is, you like you're like, oh that person has anxiety or that person you're like, oh wait, I have anxiety. Like yeah, I just never like, once you know how to identify it, you're like, yeah. oh God, it's
3: everywhere.
2: Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah you're like, I'm anxious. <laughs> it's all.
3: Level, I mean, you know, but even New Yorkers, yeah. we're a little neurotic and uh, anxious in our own ways. But um, yes, I wake up like this.
2: <gasps> yeah, every morning,
1: like Nosferatu. Yeah.
3: Um, well, I, yeah. I So the good. food, the food, it's like the food was so good for the grieving in for my grieving in mm. that. Well, when my father died, boy, did I handle that well, I think. I mean, I think I handled that pretty well. I mean, in yeah. a sense, because he, I was at my healthiest place when my father died. When um, was that? Oh, no. Got to read that Korean book, girl. I can't give it all away. Okay, but fine. He, he's, but good. he did die. He did die. And I, I I, really handled that well. I was at my healthiest mm-hmm. place. Um my food that I was eating was like knocking on the door for me to be back to, to like there was, there's no way. Oh my gosh. Go, go to H Mart, buy all the produce
2: and, we're get gonna get go kimchi. in a little while. It's about 20 minutes from here, so yeah. we're gonna be we over here.
3: Eat, <laughs> the we're go over there. Eat, eat the produce raw, like eat their oh, produce nice. raw, and and, and then That's eat. Their, a good prince. Yeah, and then eat and then eat the you know then eat not too much meat and then eat like kimchi and get get a bunch of the sides. Like think of it like mm. a salad bar. Get a bunch of greens, ones that you don't oh, know, right. and don't cook them. Like the bok choy, all the things that you usually steam, don't. Yeah, just get all the greens. Can't and wait. then buy the sides, and then think of it like a salad bar, right? So instead of doing dressing, put the food. So it's like put seasoned vegetables on your mm, food, yeah, and then
2: have some kimchi. Oh, oh, can't oh,
3: wait. oh, oh! oh can't you can't wait. So, so you know happy. what I
2: hear you saying is that really, as humans, we help heal each other. We're like. Mm-hmm. mirrors for each other and we yeah. help people heal and that's what you've done for us today totally by sharing your story it's amazing so africa thank you so, so
1: much yes. at, so at the end of each episode we always ask everyone the same okay. thing which is if you could have given yourself one piece of advice knowing what you know now after your experience at the kind of beginning of your grief journey and for you that could be you know the experience in H Mart, or it could be you know after learning of the of the passing of your child, whatever, you know, or after your dad's passing, whatever point that is for you. But if you could give your younger self some advice, having kind of the wisdom you have now, uh, what would that be?
3: Absolutely nothing because, because everything that you're supposed to go through is preparing you for where you're supposed to be. And absolutely, I would tell her not one thing. Oh, because I love that. No and, one's ever
1: said that. That's yeah, Never.
3: I wouldn't tell her a thing. She's fine. She's fine. Good. She's going to be fine. And she is a really special girl. I actually look back to her now and ask myself, about her now because she took on a lot of things and managed a lot of things. You know, fat is really like your body reacting to toxic. toxic. Fat holds the toxicity, which they said, say, that's why when you can't lose weight too fast, it's like you're releasing all these toxins. Okay. So that young girl, okay, moved from Cameroon as a child to a new country. Then she was exposed to all these cultures and she took it on. And then she was exposed to having to try to navigate who she was in another country and she took it on. Then she created things. Then she it, tried all the food, sure did. She ate All the food she didn't eat, wasn't supposed to eat, she ate it. And she got so fat. And she was still gorgeous, but she was so fat. And did she stay fat? No, she didn't. She was able to hear somebody tell her about getting well, and did she listen? She sure did. And did she get better? She sure did. And did she want to get married? She sure did. Is she married? She sure is. Did she open herself to another culture? She sure did. So I'm not going to tell that girl a dang thing. I'm (laughs) going to follow her advice. And I'm going to, whenever something comes up, I'm going to keep handling it just like that girl
2: man, beautiful that's good that's
3: yes. good one uh, <laughs> be
1: honest, that's a good one it uh, might be the best advice non-advice that, uh, non-advice advice that we've ever heard I really that's very beautiful and very like empowering and wonderful and special and unique advice it's great and beautiful. your name is
3: the name of my favorite niece oh sorry to the other nieces I shouldn't really? say that now you've added your favorite niece oh, she um, knows already she also knows. Africa
1: one other thing we also do on the show is uh you know we would we miss being able to kind of we used to have people in the studio all the time and it is awesome we get to talk to folks like yourself who are you know in totally different parts of the world but we miss the like the togetherness so we kind of ask everyone if we were going to eat dinner together we we're going to share a meal what would we all
2: bring well, We did it we went to H-Mart right we took <laughs> we actually did well, it what's you your make, what's your back well, what's your yeah, What's your we your what What's think, your I'm going to let africa make our meal for us tell just me way, what is your way, what your is your grandma. background what is your background uh, my background is um my mother was from yugoslavia
3: ah okay and what did what did you grow up eating that was yugoslavia
2: um strudel um cabbage uh-huh stuffed cabbage um, oh, those stews yeah. from Yugoslavia. I stews, yeah. I thinking, I yeah. chicken stew with lots of good root vegetables and little chicken meatballs. And uh, yeah, my mother was a wonderful cook and very Slavic. Yeah, I'm gonna bring some mandu because oh. I we're talking about Korean food. I
1: love a dumpling. I'm gonna bring some some dumplings. I'm gonna bring <laughs> some mandus to
3: this dinner party. <laughs> Well, I think if I'm coming to this dinner party, I'm probably going to be bringing a Yugoslavian stew. Oh, yeah! How I'm going down. I'm going to be with my extra, yeah. extra knowledge. And I'm probably going to bring a Yugoslavian stew so you can tell me more stories about your beautiful mother
2: oh that's awesome you. africa
3: this was a very special episode yes. you are a very special I like person you. i like
1: you, you are, <laughs> ah we like you too. Thank your you. energy is incredible we can't can't wait to
3: read your book i mean like yes. We yes. literally not wait koreanbook.com it's like what the okay. the korean book yes the korean cool book and
1: where can book we book. find you on social media like where can people oh, like follow I, you
3: at africa yoon Okay. And if cool. you're looking for any cooking of Korean, I have a group, the uh, Korean Cooking Friends. But come to Africa Yoon on Instagram okay. and it would take you all, all to all those cool. things. Wonderful.
1: All right. Yay. And next I mean, I've never been to Hawaii, but I would love to go. I'm on and Oahu. I'm, I'm on to... Oahu.
3: If you come Great. to Hawaii, You have a Hawaiian front, exactly. Like I listen, I love living in Hawaii because everybody comes here; they're in a good mood. I'm like, this is the best place. everyone comes on vacation, so I get like the best mood of everybody.
2: The best of everybody. It's like Hawaii (laughs) mood.
1: Africa, thank you so much, and it was like such a pleasure talking. What a beautiful way for us to be able to start the day. And thank you so much
3: for joining us. It was great Mm -hmm. to meet you. Well, thank you for helping me start my day too.
2: Okay. All right.
3: We will take it care.
0: Bye. This episode is brought to you by Hot Dish Productions, an award-winning modern culinary production company specializing in creative digital video, photography, and podcast production. From concept through post-production, Hot Dish creates and produces compelling food stories that ignite the chef in all. Hot Dish Productions has deep connections to award-winning and celebrity chefs and over 20 years' experience. Their team has won both a James Beard Award and an IACP Award for their work in food media. Hot Dish Productions delivers the highest quality product at a fair value. Let them help tell your culinary story today. Explore their work and learn more at hotdishproductions.com.
1: Thank you so much for joining us for Processing. We realize that sharing these types of deeply intimate stories on air is a very personal decision. We began this project as a way to connect our listeners through shared experiences and storytelling. We hope that Processing can be a platform for sharing, learning, and healing. We appreciate our guests' willingness to be vulnerable and value nothing more than making both our guests' and listeners' experiences with our show positive and progressive, If you're interested in being a guest on the show or writing in a listener letter, please email processing at heritageradionetwork.org. Please follow us at processing underscore podcast on Instagram. Processing is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.